Welcome to Carry the Mat, where we pursue meaning in life, legacy, and leadership. Join us as we seek to learn some of life's most difficult yet valuable hard-earned lessons from men and women who have experienced obstacles and victories firsthand, striving to serve one another based on our unique God-given abilities, not interested in merely talking about it, but determined to be about it. If that sounds like you, then let's carry the mat together. Every man dies, but not every man truly lives. Now to your hosts, Ben Brandenburg and Daniel Moss. This is Carry the Mat. Well, guys, welcome in. Um, this is Ben Brandenburg here with my co-host, Daniel Moss. And we are thrilled today to be joined by my good friend, Derek Chitwood. Derek, um, Daniel did a nice teaser for, for Derek, um, but he's a good friend of mine. And he also is just a, uh, just a guy that started a, a business um, way back since um the college days and uh, you know i've tracked with the peach state pride story for a long time but uh welcome to the podcast eric yeah absolutely man thank y'all for having me um yeah first of all just thankful to, to have the opportunity to sit down with you guys right now and you know bb i've known you since you were you were still in high school when you were dating mobley and uh mobley was a friend of mine at georgia college and um of course daniel known known your family for a little while too but i just Appreciate you guys having me and BB. Of course, I'm, um, you know, just so proud of you and what you're doing right now. And you know where God's moving you. Um, and just, you know, first of all, you know, obviously my heart goes out to to the things going on in in your life. But you know, at the same time, too, just um, just proud to see what you're doing with it. And um, and you know how God's working in your family right now. So thanks for having me. Yeah, brother. Uh, thanks for being here. And um, we'd love to hear more about Peach State Pride, but you mentioned college. And, you know, I, I would come up, probably a, a year older than me. So when she was at George College as a freshman, I would come up um, when I was a senior in high school and you guys, to, you know, befriended me. And I felt like I was an adopted member of, of whether it was Bobcat Village, whether it was St. Pete's Parkhurst, the dorm. You know, you guys really looked out for me. And I felt like I went to Georgia College. Um, and we've maintained those friendships to this day. Talk a little bit about Peach State Pride and how the roots go all the way back to the Georgia College days. I know that story, but I'd love to hear kind of the, the evolution of, of Peach State Pride and how it really, that, that idea you had, where did that come from? And how did you get things started? What was the first steps for you? Yeah, I mean, um, I grew up in Franklin County, uh, North of Athens, right on the South Carolina, South Carolina line up near Lake Hartwell. And um, my grandfather had a peach orchard, uh, just a small three acre peach orchard. You know, we're not talking about some of those middle Georgia orchards that, um, you know, have hundreds, if not thousands of acres. And um, but just a small orchard that that um, was the center point of his retired life and um, and really the center of the Chitwood family's life. I mean, we we kind of, everything kind of revolved around peach season where, um, in our family, uh, even though it was a small orchard, you know, it takes a lot of, you know, it, it definitely takes a lot of labor to, to handle three acres um, of peaches, believe it or not. But, um, you know, it was always the conversation around the weather. Uh, it was always conversation around the, the dinner table. And, um, you know, we kind of planned our vacations around peach season. And um, so always, you know, growing up in that environment, I mean, I, I was at the peach orchard you know, every summer from the time that I can remember, and we just hung out in the peach stand as little kids, and 
were around it. And my grandmother ran the stand and my grandfather was down in the orchard. And, um, you know, when I was 12 years old, started doing some small chores to kind of help the operation. And then, um, and well, 12 years old when I started picking and did, did a few chores kind of leading up to that, but started picking peaches with my grandfather um, when I was 12. And, you know, we get out there at 7 a.m., you know, every day of summer. And, and that was my life um, each and every summer, you know, played sports and all those things. But, you know, from 7 a.m. to about noon um, every day of the summer, for the most part, I was there with my brothers um, and, and my grandfather. And we spent time, you know, walking through the dewy grass and um, just walking around trees and listening to him tell stories. And um, it was a real special thing. And, um, you know, I miss it to this day. My grandfather passed away in 2017. So six years ago now. And, um, you know, it just feels like a different life in a lot of ways, but, you know, when you connect in that way and you have those special moments, um, um, you know, it sticks with you. And I went to Georgia college in Milledgeville, you know, I went to Franklin County high school. And, um, when I graduated, I was the only one from my graduating class, went down to Milledgeville and you start to realize that, you know, I started to realize that my, my experiences there, being around agriculture uh, and specifically being in, in, in um, you know, involved with the peach industry was unique, especially, you know, when you get to college and, and the majority of the people down there from Metro Atlanta or um, just in general didn't have those experiences. And you start to reflect on that and, and it became a point of pride in my life and um, something I was extremely thankful for. And each summer when I was in college would go back and work with my grandfather, um, you know, every summer too, and even after um, college a little bit. But, um, you know, um, because of that background, I was always particularly proud of being from the Peach State, um, just in general, probably more so than a lot of people because it was such a big part of our life. But just in general, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are proud of being from Georgia. And I was always proud of being from Georgia and, um, and really kind of grew that pride you know, um, in my time at Georgia College, you know, I'd always take a different way from Franklin County to Milledgeville, just try to see those small towns and different areas of the state and kind of develop a, a real interest in that and meeting people from different areas of the state, you know, um, just kind of open your eyes and mind to to the differences and the cultures of each area. Um, you know, so that was kind of the, that's kind of the, the root of you know, where Peach State Pride came from. So, As far as the, the whole peach industry, how did your grandfather get involved in that? I mean, is that something that his father was doing or is it yeah, one day he just decided to get into it? Because it's a real niche uh, industry. Like, you don't hear that often. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not a huge um, industry in the state of Georgia. Um, obviously, it's an important, um, you know, we are the peach state and there's a lot of history there, but you know, most people are in a different form of agriculture when they're in ag, but my grandfather grew up um, at the base of Curry Mountain back in the Great Depression. And there was a, and the, the peach industry was really big up in that area at that time. There was an orchard called Shores Orchard near Cornelia. And I can't remember what years, it was early 40s before they moved to Livonia um, in around 44 or 45. Before they moved, he, he worked during the summers at a peach orchard up there and um it was a big outfit that shipped peaches on ice up to to new york but he was just kind of a hired hand um and then the cool thing and his his grandfather uh, i've got an article written from uh, the banks county newspaper 
way back when, but his grandfather had a small orchard up on Kelly Mountain, which was not too far from Curry Mountain. Um, so he he kind of had some background in it, but um, you know, he he actually worked his his um occupation was he worked at a plant in Athens, um, kind of the, the majority of his working career. Um Westinghouse up off Chase Street, uh, kind of back in that area of Athens. He worked there for 20 something years. And, but toward the end of that, he actually planted the orchard. So he would go to work in Athens during the day. He would come home in the evenings and he would work in the orchard. He would pick the peaches and my grandmother would sell them in the stand, um, during the day. So, I mean, you talk about just long work days and kind of that hard, hard work and grind. I mean, he did it there for a while before he retired doing basically two jobs. So, I mentioned uh, the Great Depression, not to compare COVID to the Great Depression, but talk a little bit about some of the obstacles you guys faced as an organization during COVID and how you over overcame that that time. I mean, you know, what was that like for you as a small business owner? Yeah, that was, um, so 2020, I mean, I started the business in, tw in 2009, so we're um, essentially 11 years you know, into business at that point. So, you know, we're not, we're not an upstart at that point. Um, but we had kind of the evolution of our business, you know, we had a lot of kind of peaks and valleys and a lot of learning experiences along the way, you know, I don't have a background in clothing. So, you know, we're kind of learning on the go and we'd had a lot of good success, but, um, and, and honesty, 2019 was a weird year for us where we'd kind of, we had had a difficult year and, um, and it, our sales were great and we just, we had, we had had a good year in some ways, but we were, we were having some issues and we really didn't have a profitable year in 2019. And so we were kind of, we had this huge game plan of how we were going to approach 2020. And, um, we knew we were going to close one store and we kind of, um, we had to kind of restructure some things within the company and we were kind of excited about some of the moves we were making. And then all of a sudden, you know, March of, 2020 rolls around and, and, you know, everything shuts down and it was, it was a really scary time because we're coming off that, that, you know, bad year where we're kind of worried about some things anyway. And then you have, you know, in our industry, we had four, we had five stores at the time. You have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of inventory, you know, in that February, March time. And we're trying to reach out to companies and say, you know, Hey, is it possible? Can we cancel these orders? And that's putting them in a tough spot because if we cancel, you know, they're in trouble. And, um, so for the most part, we accepted all that inventory on the peach state pride side of things. We had inventory coming in from overseas, uh, from our manufacturers hitting the warehouse floor, you know, again, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of inventory and the economy shuts down and you're just so worried. You didn't know at that point early on in COVID, um, you know, what the government was going to do, you know, they were going to help us out in some ways, but, um, those first couple months were just terrifying and, and, you know, Carrie Beth and I would just, we, we would come home and we just, we didn't know what to do. We stopped watching the news because it was just so depressing. And, um, so it was a, it was a really scary time. Um, uh, but any, everything all kind of worked its way out. We learned a ton of lessons from it. We restructured a lot of things within our business and when we kind of came out stronger, so kind of thankful for, what happened with COVID, but there for about two months, it was, it was definitely the most terrifying time of our, um, you know, careers, I guess, within this business. So, 
No doubt. Um, and, and for those of y'all that do not know, uh, Peach State Pride is an excellent brand. It's uh, He's got a bunch of retail shops, uh, clothing items. Um, Derek, if you don't mind talking a little bit about a little bit about building that brand, and then what was it like when you started opening these shops, and then your product, which is now in over a hundred stores throughout the southeast, what's it like building that brand, and then the negotiation and the deals, you know, having other people's product in your stores as well? Okay, yeah, so. Uh, Peach State Pride, like I mentioned earlier, I started it in 2009 and I really didn't have clothing on my mind when I started it. Um, I was, I just, I was building playgrounds for a company at, um, at the time I was going to go to grad school and it was kind of in between job and, um, kept working in South Carolina, kept seeing the palm tree crescent moon. And I just thought it was so cool that in South Carolina, you know, it didn't matter what part of the state you were from, uh, you could be miles and miles and miles away from any palm trees or palmettos or whatever is on that logo. Um, and, you know, they proudly displayed that logo. You'd see it everywhere. And I just thought it kind of brought people together in South Carolina. And I thought, you know, it'd be so cool if Georgia had something like this. And I've always kind of been a creative visionary and went home and drew the logo. And actually one of the first people I showed was Mobley, um, Bibi's wife. I, I, um, I called her and a friend, Mallory uh, Stuckey at the time, she's married now. Um, and I asked them, you know, if, if they wanted to see this logo and kind of just talk to them about it. And I brought it to them, just the sketch I had and um, just kind of get a little affirmation. And, and you know, they're always encouraging, but, um, you know, kind of didn't have clothing on my mind at the time. My roommates um, just kind of threw that out there. You should make some t-shirts and hats, did it. And it, um, you know, did that kind of like minimum run you can do with a screen printer where you feel like you're getting a decent price. And, you know, I was going to do a few different colors and they told me the price of, you know, one color compared to three colors. And I was like, well, let's do one color. And, you know, just kind of winging it completely, man. I didn't know anything about this Southern clothing lines that were going on at the time. There was only a few, but like Southern, I think Southern proper existed, Southern tide, Southern prop, um, Southern point. They were 2009 too. So Southern Marsh, that was the other one. So, you know, those, those brands have been around for a couple of years, but I didn't really know a lot about them. And, um, so I was just kind of winging it and, but I sold through everything I made. And then a friend of mine at, an, at, um, that BB knows Clark Williams and you might know him too, Daniel, but, um, Clark, yeah. okay. So he, um, he was managing, uh, the Ace Hardware, his dad owned the Ace Hardware in Royston. And he you know, just said he would carry some of my stuff there. So started selling to him, got on the wholesale game and, um, and I'm telling you, I, I literally knew nothing. I mean, I was a history major at Georgia College, um, did not know anything about business. And so I'm just completely going in blind, doing things and, um, you know, but sold to another store and sold it to another store. And then they started communicating and um, and people started asking for it. And we had a few country music artists that that um, that started wearing it and liked the idea and, um and it just, it kind of became a clothing line and, and really honestly, at the beginning, it, it, you know, wasn't even that good, but it was kind of, it was such a new idea. You know, there weren't many people in the market. It's kind of in there early and, um, and kind of had an opportunity to learn on the fly because there weren't, wasn't a ton of competition out there. And, um, so yeah, it was, um, that those first few years was a, were a journey. And, um, I started dating Carrie Beth, my wife, 
um, who's my business partner and um, the brains behind the operation, I always say. And she, we started dating in late 2010 and, and, and our strengths are just completely opposite. You know, I'm kind of a creative visionary people person and she's more of a structure and um, systems and analytical mind. And, um, and so we kind of, we kind of are a good team in that sense. But um, so that was the Peach State Pride kind of origin, uh, the brand. And, and then we, um, we decided in 2013, we were getting married and, and we were trying to figure out exactly where we wanted to live. And we decided that we, we thought it'd be um, cool to have a, a clothing store. We sold some women's items and Peach State Pride. So we, we kind of came up with a concept. We called it the Peach State Pride store and we chose Watkinsville. Uh, downtown Watkinsville is where we chose to do it at. I kind of had a little familiarity with the area, but um, um, really we felt like it was prime for for retail at that time. Traditionally, people in Oconee County, Watkinsville had kind of, you know, they did their shopping in their their restaurants in, in Athens, but we, you know, at that point, the per capita income was high and, and we kind of knew that you know, if something could get established there, it could be a good area, grow an area to, to kind of set up shop. So uh, we opened that store in 2013. And a year later, we decided we wanted to bring in some other brands besides Peach State Pride on the men's side. And uh, we changed the name to Empire South and um, started reaching out to other brands. And And you mentioned just kind of how's that relationship work? You know, you just you get a contact or you reach out through a website, you know, one of the first brands we went after was, I think was Patagonia. We went after Southern Marsh and, um, you know, you got to kind of go through some processes to get approved, um, with those brands, but, you know, we got pretty much every brand that we wanted and we wanted brands that would sit next to Peach State Pride that, you know, would be complimentary that the customer of, uh, that, you know, wants that type of brand, um, is the type of customer that we want to see the Peach State Pride brand as well. So it was all, there was always kind of that element to it with Empire South was, you know, how do, how do we, um, how do we want to frame Peach State Pride and, um, and what kind of target market do we want? And um, so, yeah, Y'all's that's kind of how that, yeah. warehouse sales are unrivaled and uh, you've been, you've been a good friend and you always give me the drop on that. I, I don't always take you up on it, but the times you have, I've, I've walked away with the, the, the night, you mentioned Patagonia. I mean, you get, these down jackets, they're like $200 a pop, you know, one of the best deals. Don't miss that opportunity. I'll just tell our listeners, uh, it's worth a drive. If anywhere in the state, if you can catch early, early in the week, there's going yeah. to be picked in towards the end of the week, but thanks for always giving me the drop on that. You mentioned yeah. the uh, country music, um, you know, your collaboration there. I thought that was a good segue because the Peach Pickers, uh, I love following good songwriters and those guys have kind of become synonymous with, Peach State Pride, Dallas Davidson, Ben Hazelett, Red Akins. Um, those guys are always wearing your, your gear. And also talk a little bit about that. Talk a little bit about y'all's night of country music in Nashville. Talk, talk a little about a little bit about four-wheel drive, um, which I, I've got to say, I had a high school band called Four-Wheel Drive. And uh, I'd like to think that our intellectual property rights, you know, <laughs> would absorb their uh, – when I saw that, you know, I saw y'all collaborating with them. I was like, man, it was like, it was, it was, we had to have a name to submit it to Battle of the Bands. That's how it started. We didn't have, we were like the band with no name. Like we were the band and we couldn't take the band because that was taken, but um, <laughs> it was one of those things. Um, but talk a little bit about that, your collaboration with Nashville, 
country music, how that uh, meshes with y'all's brand. Um, that's been easy to notice. And you go to a Luke Bryan concert, especially coming up in the days we uh, we'll talk a little bit about those concerts. We went to, you know, Eric Church, Luke Bryan, Al Dean, all those guys. You would see the trucker hats, Peace Pride trucker hats was really your first big product. But talk a little bit about that momentum and how that, you know, that fire caught and uh, it, it allowed you guys to specialize in some other areas. But it's really that trucker hat that really talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, the trucker hat kind of built built the brand, built and and, and in turn built Empire South and, and what we've been able to do today. But, um, you know, Red Akins, he got his hand on it somehow. I can't remember the exact story, but I think it has something to do with this farm tour. And um, the DJ uh, who was from Millersville, Rocky, I gave him some hats and was trying to get him to Luke Bryan. I think they found their way to Red and, man, he's been awesome. I mean, and, and those guys, you mentioned the peach pickers, they all three have worn our hats so much over the years and uh, it's been great advertising, but, and I mean, I mean, creative guys. I mean, they're at the end of the day, they're good old boys from Georgia that, you know, have 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 a way with words and and um, have put together some incredible songs and told some awesome stories through song, you know, that so many people in country music or that are, that love country music have heard. And, you know, you might not know sometimes that that they're the ones that wrote it, but you know, these three guys from Georgia are the ones that did it, and 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 they've been awesome. And I mean, there's been so many over the years. You mentioned the four wheel drive guys. I can remember when, um, I don't remember what year, it might've been 2014, 15, something like that. But I kept getting these trucker hat orders from this guy from Loganville, John Langston. I mean, I literally, he would buy them online. I didn't, didn't really know who he was. Um, and then at some point, um, I saw his name on Instagram or something as, you know, this country music guy that was kind of coming up and I was like, Oh, that guy, you know, he's a, he's a peach state pride customer. I've shipped him hats so many times. And, um, you know, of course, after that, he didn't ever have to buy a hat online again. But uh, he uh, he was always such a supporter and Cole Taylor and Travis Denning and uh, Jordan Rager, the four wheel drive guys. They would they were always just, you know. So, so supportive of Peach State Pride are all from Georgia, different parts of Georgia. And um, yeah, yeah, he so, lives from uh, Columbia County. He went to Evans, still a right. baseball player. And I think it, all his boys play baseball and are really good. One of them plays at Bama right now. Yeah, you know, really good athletes. Um, but it's been cool to see um, those stories. And we, we convinced Cole to come play a birthday party um, this past September for myself and my buddy Michael Tucker. Derek, I know you, you made it. Uh, Bane wasn't invited. So uh, <laughs> I think they had something. Uh, Jamal Anderson, ladies and gentlemen, by the way, I forgot to mention. Uh, speaking of, yeah, speaking of birds from Georgia. And uh, I don't know if he's Spencer Strider or Super Troopers. I'm still trying to figure <laughs> out. That. I meant to I meant to bust on when we started. But anyways, I've been telling Elizabeth that uh, we go to a bunch of Braves games. We're going to be going to one here in about a month. One of my buddies is from the uh, Baltimore area, so the Orioles are coming to Atlanta to play on May fifth, Cinco de Mayo. And uh, I've been telling Elizabeth I'm going to buy Spencer Strider jersey and buy some legit baseball pants and just. Go into the stadium dressed exactly as Spencer Strider, and just see <laughs> how many people mess with me over that. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. So nice. appreciate you telling that story. Uh, you know about the Nashville collaboration. Um, so shout out to you know Cole and Travis Denning is another one that came to mind. We met his folks at the Ashley McBride concert. Um, remember that? Yeah. One? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been That's cool. That. Yeah. I was gonna say that's one of the best one of the best country songs 
that I've ever heard, and you introduced me to it, was that Bible in a 44 by Ashley McBride. If you've never heard that song, go look it up. It is incredible. Top five for me. And we talked about just loving the song, you know, songwriter and the angle of just hearing stories. Um, and, it, you know, I'm constantly looking up when I hear a good song, looking up who wrote it. And you start to see some of the same names. Cole's a guy that has had a lot of success, um, you know, a lot of hits with different different artists. Vulture is another guy from uh, from Augusta Absolutely. area. So, um, you know, Georgia's turning out a lot of talented uh, songwriters and performers. It's so interesting to see the dynamic now with Georgia. It's almost it seems like Tennessee is the other other team right now because Morgan Wallen, I guess, is um, yeah, he's huge. Right? He's huge, and he's a Tennessee guy. So it seems like that rivalry. But we got so many guys that are big, you know, supporters of not only the dogs but just the, the state of Georgia. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that night in Nashville. You guys have always been a part of. Um, I, I, you can tell you know more, more about it. You know more about it than I do. So go ahead and tell us about that. Yeah, I think just kind of to the point you're making, I mean, there's just so many Georgians in Nashville. Um, and really this era right now too, um, you know, there's tons of them, but even prior to that, you had, you know, some, some Georgia artists like Alan Jackson and Travis Tritt and some of those guys coming up back in the day. And, um, and, 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 but now it's just kind of blown up and, and the peach pickers, which, you know, they're so connected in Nashville because they've written so many great songs for, so many artists, but um, they kind of came up with this idea of a night of Georgia music and they did it at the Ryman there in Nashville. Um, and it kind of gave these country music artists that live in Nashville an opportunity to just kind of come over and play a song. They didn't have to make any kind of major commitment um, to anything, but they would, you know, have all these kind of, I don't, I mean, it's been a couple of years since they've done it because of COVID, but um, they had, you know, Luke Bryan come out and do a uh, song, Cole Swindell, you know, the four wheel drive guys, uh, some of those guys would play. And uh, of course, Red Akins and, and, um, and Dallas Davison and Ben Hayslip would, would play some songs as well. But they, I mean, they got, uh, I mean, think driving and crying came out and played a song one time. It wasn't all just country. They had, um, what's the guy from Macon, uh, sitting on the dock, Otis Redding's son come out and play. Oh, yeah. And they support a foundation that kind of helps youth, um, kids and um kind of find that that love of music and kind of um build that up within them and support that so there's a cause there but um you know we we never paid the peach pickers anything to wear our stuff so when they reached out to us for a sponsorship it was the least we could do um to to help out those nights and and it made for a fun weekend up in um in nashville but um man it's just a a night of I mean, the governor would usually come and say something and uh, be there. So, I mean, it's just a night to be proud to be from Georgia, but, um, you know, also do some good and hear some good music as well. So if any, if they start doing that again, they might've actually done it last year, kind of in a different way. But um, if you ever hear about that night of Georgia music, um, it's definitely worth a trip up to the Ryman in Nashville to to go check it out. So, Well, you brought up sponsorship, you know, those guys, you know, we're still waiting on our first sponsorship, so we'd love to. You know, <laughs> after this, maybe we can finalize the deal. And, I got uh, you. I got you. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I just enjoy hearing about this. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, country music, while we're talking about that, I mean, just so many talented guys. That, I'm, I'm thinking about com- when we were coming up at Georgia College. I mean, it was Capital City at the time. I remember seeing Luke when he was, uh, I might be saying it wrong, Naomi Rhodes. Uh, Naomi Rhodes. Naomi, Naomi, yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, I knew I was going to botch that. But um, I remember coming over there to see those guys. I just knew he was a star. Everybody had that mixtape. 
Uh, like this is back when you burn CDs, you buy it at the merch oh, yeah. counter at the back. But everybody would wear that out. And then he came out with his first album, and there was a few of the songs that weren't didn't make it on there. And it was like an uproar. And, and oh, we yeah. rode in trucks. They completely just they pop- you know, it's just overproduced. It didn't feel the yeah. same as as the the good old album. So, anyways, he's had a great career. You know, obviously he's on American Idol. And, but I go back to that those memories of seeing him at the theater. Um, do you remember those days? Oh, he put on a great show. And I mean, yeah. Luke Bryan, you know, and I, I got, I'm not a hater in any way, um, but the Luke Bryan that you know today compared to, you know, what he was in those little honky tonk mm-hmm. type uh, small venues where he had his little circuit around Valdosta and Statesboro and Americus and then up to Milledgeville and Athens at Georgia theater. I mean, the shows that he would have put on in the old nineties country that he would cover and, old Alabama songs and George Strait songs. I mean, he was incredibly talented at covering these songs. And then of course he was mixing in each show. He would kind of introduce more and more of his stuff, which was quality and um, good directions that Billy Currington cut. I mean, that yeah. was a Luke Bryan song that we love. That was his break. Years. Yeah. He'll tell you, I mean, that's, right. that was his big break is uh, getting, that obviously gets you more credibility as an artist. Um, when you get some chops in the songwriting game, and that was a really huge break for him. He always references that when he's talking about his great break. Um, yeah. He, he came out and opened with, uh, I think it was Brand New Man, Brooks and Dunn. I was like, this guy's a star. That's um, right. That's- just, just that you could feel the energy in a club like that. Sometimes country music uh, transfer uh, translates better in a venue like that than it does in a big arena. There's certain guys like a Luke Cone has a big, or Garth Brooks that uh, can do an arena. But even, you know, Eric Church, I, granted, I haven't seen him in a huge venue. He's got enough, enough of a rock background. But when you've seen him at, the, when you've seen him at Capital City, when you've seen him at, at, at uh, Georgia Theater, when you've seen him at 40 Watt, it's like it, it kind of kind of gets spoiled a little bit um, because you've seen him in an intimate venue like that. And I, I just don't have the same interest of seeing him at a Mercedes Benz. No, yeah. I'm not the only one that just feels uh, like country music trans, translates so much. We mentioned uh, – Ashley McBride brought the house down that night, but I don't think it would hit the same if we were at a huge amphitheater. Mm-hmm. just wouldn't have the same feel. So country music is built more for a bar stool and, um, you know, sometimes translates better as an acoustic show. Uh, there's, it's almost like there's a sweet spot when they're like, they're big enough to where the energy is really good, but they're not like so big that, you know, they're selling out the venue you're at, but they're not so big that they're, you know, playing a large venue and you can kind of be intimate and be there at the crowd and feel that energy. Um, Luke Combs, we saw him in Athens a few years ago, like right as he was about to get big. And I mean, you could just feel it and just see just how incredible he was right there. But, um, yeah, there's definitely a sweet spot before they get too big. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Guitar Pool and Augusta. Yeah. have seen a lot of great shows there. And I, I agree with you, BB. Um, I'll go ahead and say it. I've, I've been to a lot of shows at the Benz and the Benz is, I mean, it is what it is. It's an incredible incredible arena stadium but like acoustic wise and like when you go see a show like that like there's something different about being a theater Georgia theater or capital city like it's more personal you're like right on top of it uh it's conversational like i just think that that it works better in a venue like that for sure right yeah is there a um question for you guys is there a is there an artist that you still to this day, like, that's what I, I, I don't mind where they play at. It could be the biggest stadium around. That's the guy I want to go see. Who's your stadium guy? George Strait. 
Man, right now, honestly, uh, you talked about seeing guys on the come up. I feel like a guy that I had a chance to see and I just could never figure it out was Cody Johnson. Um, and Cody Johnson, I knew when he came back through Athens, I was like, man, he's 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 big enough where he's he's not going to be playing these venue, this size venue for very long. And he's, he's blown up. And he's a guy that I've been following for, for years, but he did the Texas country thing and he got a huge following. Very similar to Luke Bryan. I mean, it's a very low-risk sign if you're if you're a label and backing a guy that already has a regional following. I mean, Luke blew up, but he already had infrastructure built to where they knew exactly what they were getting from him. It's a very low-risk sign for an agency or for a for a label. And same thing with with Cody. I mean, he had that big regional following in Texas and then took it to Nashville. But um, you can tell the production quality of his last couple records have, have been very different from what he put out in the Texas country circuit. No disrespect to that, but the Nashville, um, they've still let him have ownership over his sound, but they've also um, really, you know, leveled out the sound. And really, I feel like a guy like that, and on that early was Eric Church, that even from his old records, he still had a lot of input. And I think it's uh, Bruce with Jay Joyce, but those guys really found their sound early. Um, we coming from Augusta, Lady A was a, a group that we tracked early on, and they, they kind of were lightning in a bottle because they really found their groove and found their identity as an artist early, and you can hear that in their first record. Yeah. Um, so that's super important for those young artists. And sometimes, you know, Luke, his first album was not my favorite, but he's had some releases since that have been great. But uh, yeah, there's one I, I got off topic there on the tangent, but Derek, who was who was a guy that you mentioned uh, that you'd see no matter what? Nice, good points. Um, but you know, George Strait, I mean, he's definitely that that's the one I think about where you sing around sing along to all the songs and everybody in the stadium knows them. And you know, this is and I might I almost feel kind of cheesy for saying this. I don't know if y'all feel the same way about dude, I, I still like Kenny some of Kenny Chesney's like oh, songs. Like some of his stuff yes. just I, I can't stand. But if you put put me in a stadium and he played like his top songs, man, he's he's got some great songs and uh so I can definitely I can definitely enjoy that concert. So now that's a guy that translates to a big venue. I mean, we talked about it I've seen guard uh, a few times, and uh, you know, Kenny's a guy that he translates to a big crowd, a big audience, and he's got the sound, he's got the production quality. Um, just some of those guys don't, you know. Yeah, um, no doubt. Uh, Kenny, man, I actually got the chance to go see him. Uh, it was six or so months ago. Elizabeth and I went and saw him at the Benz, and um, yeah, people. Yeah, it's kind of like very split. Like either people like him or they don't like him. So yeah. Shout out my buddy Charlie Alston. <laughs> he he uh he's a Kenny Chesney fan like myself, and I'll tell you, man, like being at a big venue, you know I'm not a big fan. That dude blew the roof off the band. So like, yeah. it was just oh. an absolute part. It was so much fun. It's like he's had two careers too. If you yeah. go back and listen, he had a greatest hits album before, you know, the good stuff and some of those hits that were, you know, it's, he's had two careers. Um, yeah. The Tin Man, um, there's a duet with uh, Badsism with uh, Randy Travis that's back in the day. Uh, uh, back Where I Come From was one that, that I love and always go back to. There's there's so many hits. The Boys in Fall. Yeah, that would have been probably the second. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been the, the, the second career, if you will. Um, there's even, very, um, even he had some of those collaborations that were kind of like Dave Matthews. He did that one song with Dave Matthews, did the You and Tequila with, um, I think, Grace Potter. Uh, those are some good songs, you know, but, uh, yeah. Man, I love the direction that this, uh, this discussion is taking. We can talk talk about this all day, but 
So it's similar to, to artists finding their group early in, in Nashville. Same thing with you. I see the way your brand identity when you started Peace State Pride was true to you. I remember going around with you. Uh, I don't know if it was consignment, the red zone downtown. I mean, yes. we try. I went around with you, man. I was there. Yes. The um, so I was like, marketing guy, you're, yeah, to your credit, like you're a branding guy, but I would just walk up and start talking like, hey, you got to get your this and your show. I was like kind of um, really aggressive. And you're like, man, can you go come with me on all these trips? <laughs> I was, and I feel like I see that because your relationship with Carrie Beth, you mentioned how y'all are business part- partners. I've seen that come to fruition in y'all's brand. Because um, she's, well, I have to have her on another day, but um, you're the branding guy and you kind of had your identity woven into the brand. And she really had um, a lot of that fashion business acumen. Um, she went to text as we know she's smart. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, talk a little bit about that marriage and how you guys balancing each other out, even from the beginning, how when you uh, guys got married, so to speak, that's really when um, the business took off. Yeah, uh, we, we did a personality test. Um, I mean, we'd already been married for a few years. We did it like six years ago, but um, I mean, it was ex- we were exactly opposite, and it was so funny to see that. And um, it was funny, too, uh, speaking about tech, there was like a bunch of, bunch of people from all over the state that did these um, personality tests at the same time, and all the tech people were like the same. They were like the same personality type, which was so funny uh, to me. But um, anyway, we, um, yeah, we're just, we're just, you know, completely different. And I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, I've kind of, I've always got that founder's mentality. You know, what is Peach State Pride all about? Why did I start this? You know, and we never can, we never want to get away from that um, too much. But at the end of the day, a business has to be run. And, um, and there's just a lot of, you know, just like consistent, systems that have to go in place for you to have a successful business and um and that's where people like here beth come in you know sometimes to me it's kind of boring stuff but um at, at the end of the day like that's 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 where um that's where a successful business is um i guess you can't have a successful business long term just on you know creativity and um and vision so um, but it's a great working relationship. We have an incredible amount of respect for each other because we know each other's strengths. Um, and you know, it's not always, it's not that we don't argue about things or disagree about things. I mean, but we can always kind of, we have such a mutual respect for each other that you know, we kind of get through those, those, uh, conversations. And I don't know, it's just been awesome. You know, I hear so many people over the years say I can never do that with my wife, um, or spouse, but, um, it's work. And, um, you know, it's, it's fun. We do it and we love it. And she works from home most days. We live down here in Greensboro and, um, she kind of, she, she doesn't, she doesn't want to miss out on everything with our children. Um, you, you know, and then, so she, she wants to spend half days, you know, at home with our kids. Um, so we send them to preschool for half day and she'll, she'll try to take care of them in the afternoon. It's an incredible balance. I don't see how she does it sometimes, but, um, you know, that's important to her. So she's, she's raising children she's running, you know, empire South pretty much. She's kind of the main, uh, behind the scenes person with empire South. And then, you know, I pretty much, I do most of the stuff with Peach state pride and she kind of chips in with the, um, inventory management and buying and those kind of things. And, um, but yes, um, but we're still rolling with it. We've been doing it for, we started dating in late 2010. So we've been doing this together in some ways. Um, 
for, I don't know, 14 years, almost 13 years, whatever it is. And while we're talking about Carrie Beth, I mean, I think it's a good segue. We got to go to a dinner with you guys um, recently. Uh, she's on the board with Bethel Haven. Talk a little bit about um, the organizations you guys partner with and, and what's behind that, you know, the collaborations that you guys seek out in the community. What drives that from, from overflowing out of your personal life into the business? How do you guys manage that aspect of things? Yeah, I, I wish Kira Beth could have jumped on today. She's not feeling real well, but, um, you know, she's she's really involved on the Bethel Haven board, um, which provides, you know, mental health counseling for for um, people that oftentimes can't afford it or, you know, maybe can pay for part of it. But um, she's really involved in that. And and she and she really feels like that's a good way that she can give back. You know, I think everybody's kind of gifted in different ways and has ways that they can, um, you know, impact the world in a positive way and she she's been really involved with that board and and really kind of helped that business be a successful business and um and and it's incredible sometimes how much time you know she put she has put into that particular board but also uh, extra special people um she's on one of the boards there and you know i used to kind of help out with that one but at some point we kind of decided that you know i'm i'm on the georgia college foundation board and i kind of do a little bit more with that. And, and she kind of handles ESP and, um, and Bethel Haven, but great organizations. And it's an opportunity for business leaders to kind of through their experiences, our experiences, you know, go in and kind of help these nonprofits um, do what they need to do out in the community. So it's important. It's a very important part of who we are. So have you been to the ESP, ESP playground lately? Oh yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, it's kind of a kept secret. Maybe I'm just letting it cat out of the bag right now, but um, we love going over there. There's a lot of options out here in Oconee, you know, but uh, that's been cool to get that yeah, space. You just kind of let your kids go out there, just close the gate and just, you know, it's, it's a good place. So. And the night they do at the Classic Center is pretty cool. I know you guys have gone to that each year. Um, yeah, Big Hearts. Awesome. Yeah. If anybody ever has an opportunity to, to go to Big Hearts and see those kids perform and, um, yeah. It's a great organization. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you mentioned y'all moved from Watkinsville to Greensboro. Uh, folks that don't know you, um, talk a little bit about your handymanship and your uh, love for fixer upper and getting properties and face facelift. Because uh, you bought yeah. a, a historic property in Greensboro, correct? Yeah, we did. So we, um, yeah, we we made the move, man. And a lot of people question, you know, why um moved away from some good people for sure um but you know we i've always had an interest in old homes and um you know if you looked at my instagram account it's like just so much historic architecture and things like that it's just a huge interest of mine and um i never knew that for sure that carrie beth would be interested in that so we we found this home we were driving down to amelia island we drove through greensboro we saw a home for sale on zillow and you know i don't know some or we saw a home for sale we looked it up on zillow i don't know if you guys do that if you ever just kind of let me just check that out and see even if you're not even that interested in moving there anything but um and we um it wasn't even that house but we found this house that we live in now and um you know it was we were living in downtown watkinsville which we love and incredible town under incredible leadership and it's just going to be a it's going to continue to do great things but um we um we were about to outgrow our home. There was going to be some issues adding on to it. There wasn't any other inventory of old homes available downtown Watkinsville really at the time. And so we kind of 
cashed in. We always say we cashed in on Watkinsville at the right time and moved to Greensboro, downtown Greensboro, at a time when um, you're kind of able to get, you know, a good deal on a home and it's kind of gone up in value since. But, um, I mean, it's, it's a really unique place. We have five acres. The home was built in 1880 and um, just kind of dove in and, you know, these projects, man, it's just been never ending, but it's just something I really enjoy. And um, it's part of my creativity and, and vision. It kind of feels that, feels that kind of fix in some ways where I can kind of dive in and feel like we're doing something for the community to help save an old house. And we actually just bought the house next to us here in town um, that we're flipping and we're going to try to try to find some good new neighbors. So if anybody's interested um, living in downtown Greensboro, reach out because we got a new home coming available here soon so um but i love it but you know it's funny when it's like um when it's I'm a, i feel like i'm a handy person but if it's you need to fix this i don't enjoy it i i, I just i have the hardest time like on a honey to-do list of like let me fix something that's broken as opposed to like let me come up with an idea and actually create it um so i don't know i'm kind of pick i pick and choose on how i like to be handy but um we got a lot of stuff here to be handy about. It's just, there's still a lot to do. So. Yeah. You, you and Ben both uh, share that vision. Ben gets yeah. from his dad. Dog. I mean, I get it from my dad, but honestly, I'm just trying to keep up when I'm helping him out. I and mean, we, we worked in this place together. I was just, I was treading water trying to keep up with him. Um, but what I've learned from him is you kind of just got to get into it and figure out the next step. You can, right. I, I'll paralyze myself sometimes and getting started, you know, on something because I'm not fully sure, you know, I'm not completely sure how you, uh, you know, get the whole finished product done, but we were doing things step by step. And a lot of times you just got to get in there and figure out what the next step is. That's right. Now with YouTube, I mean, there's, it's, it's a DIY uh, dream really to have YouTube. You can pull up a, just about anything you want to get into from a hobby standpoint, but yes, it's, you gotta be willing to try new things. I think that's the key. And um, I really do miss doing projects. I mean, we had some guys um, here recently, um, working in our yard, uh, spreading pond straw. And I was like, man, what I wouldn't give to get out there and spread some pond straw. I just miss yard work, miss uh, breaking sweat. That's probably one of those things I miss the most right now. But, um, well, you did a great job in your house. And I can tell you have the right mentality. I feel like you're going to do everything right to a T. And, and that's part of it too, is just, you know, having that right mentality as well as, you know, you can look up stuff on YouTube and get it done. Um, but, you know, having a high standard and doing it right. Yeah, part of it too. So, well, while we're talking about Greensboro, you're moving from Watkinsville to Greensboro. Let's go ahead and do the game. Um, well, this is just it's very original. We're going to call it Pick'em. And so, what we're going to do is we're going to go around the horn and we're going to name a city or a town in Georgia. Can't be your hometown. Can't be your current hometown, and it can't be where you grew up. But a place you admire, a place you could picture yourself living. Um, I'm, I'm picturing a very equal shotgun spread of Georgia here yeah. as far as what we're going to go through. But uh, I'll let Daniel, Daniel, I'll let you go first and then we'll go Derek and I'll go myself. Yeah, I'll kick it off. Um, I went back and forth on this list a lot. Obviously, I live in Athens. If I could choose anything, it would be Athens because I love this place. But um, I grew up with a real uh, strong love for the coast and going out with my dad who's batshit crazy <clears throat> on a 17-foot Boston Whaler Montauk now, 20 miles into the ocean. So I'll kick it off with St. Simon's Island. I just think the coastal living is really hard to beat. Um, 
I like the idea that you wake up on a Saturday morning and you can just hop in a boat and spend your day fishing. Um, so that, that would be my number one on my list is St. Simons. Um, B, is it going to you or is it going to Derek? Derek, you got it. All right. I'm going to start off with my number five. So um, this is definitely my number five on the list because I don't think I necessarily want to live there. But BB mentioned something about a place that you admire. And I could see myself living there one day. But um, Washington, Georgia, I don't know if you guys have ever been through Washington. It's one of those like gems of a place that like you drive through the antebellum homes are incredible. It's just small and quaint and it's just it's kind of off the beaten path, you know, and even Wilkes County in general. There's a lot of beautiful rolling farmland through there. I like it. I, I got a good friend that lives there, but um, I don't think I don't think I'm ready to, you know, pick up and move to Washington. I just admire that town. I think people should go visit it if you ever get a chance. And it's a really cool place. I that's why we have you on here to pick, you know, Washington, Georgia. That's 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 a good good pick. I agree with that. I actually have a friend that um, just started his, you know, he's with State Farm, but he opened up an office in Washington. Okay. So he's really gotten. He got his dog under Wilkes County. He goes to the Washington Wilkes football games, and I mean, he and his wife love it there. I mean, yeah. they, they still live in Columbia County, but he's spending majority of his days in Washington. And, and to your point, yeah, I mean, anytime me and BB go home, we drive right through Washington. So, yeah, yeah you got the guess the folks know it. I guess yeah. the people know Washington. So, yeah, Washington, Lincoln, that's a pretty, pretty area right there. Through there. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go uh, Thomasville, Georgia for me. I, I mean, I, I, I spent some time as a, as a kid. My childhood was in Thomasville. When I was about nine, we moved to Augusta. But got great memories down there in Thomasville. It's just such a quintessential South Georgia town. And, and it feels a little isolated, I guess, down there. You know, you're, you're closer to 38. Um, you can fly in and out of Tallahassee if you need to. You're closer to the, the Georgia coast, the Golden Isles. But um, Thomasville, man, something sticks out about that, not just because I'm partial from there, but when you're driving through there, all the, the cool downtown areas, um, cool shops, restaurants, um, it's got a lot to offer for a small town. And uh, Mobley's grandma, your grandma, um, Mommy Dot, who's uh, who's got nine lives. Yeah, we could have a podcast about Mommy Dot. Yeah. She's, uh, we're praying for Mommy Dot, right? She's now. 189 years old. <laughs> <laughs> she's a sweetheart. But Every Thanksgiving, we'd have the chance to go down there because Mobley's mom grew up, grew up in Oklahoma and he went to Thomas County Central. And so it was, I got a kick out of going down there to retrace my childhood steps. Um, but man, my childhood was great because we grew up right next to Thomas College, if you're familiar to that um, that area. But we could walk to school, little, um, little um, walk to Jerger, a little public school right there. And um yeah, the golf course on one side, Glen Arvin was on one side of the uh, the neighborhood. And we would just roam. I mean, I'm looking back, we would have been K through two, and we would be miles away from the house. And I'm looking at Abby, she's in kindergarten. I'm like, the that was we, we got into, it's, it was a different day. But I just, you know, it, I'm fortunate to be able to grow up in a place like that, that we could roam and come in at dark and just our, our, our parents weren't worried about us. Um, yeah. And maybe it feels like more, more of a leash now. Because it felt like our parents didn't have any clue. But they probably did, you know. It's just the nature of parenting. And I was feeling like we had a long leash. But um, Thomasville's for me, very special. Great. And, uh, Great. So, good. Um, I, my, my other, my second pick would be um, where I met my 
my wife, uh, she was living in Woodstock, Georgia. I knew nothing about Woodstock, never been there. And then obviously as we were dating, I was spending a lot of time there, driving there every weekend. And the downtown scene is just awesome. I mean, they've got Reformation Brewery um, that also has great barbecue. So if you're ever in the area, go get a beer and barbecue there. Uh, I like it. I mean, it's, you're, you're 30 minutes from Kennesaw Mountain. You can be in Atlanta in 40 minutes. You can be in Athens in an hour and 15. It's just that North Georgia area is so special to me. I, North Georgia to me is the best. And so Woodstock is, it's up and coming. It reminds me a lot, like the vibes and the shops and the restaurants, like a, you kind of get in Arkansas right now. It's one of those towns that's, you're hitting it in the sweet spot of it really blossoming into something special. Yeah. Cool. Um, so my next one, um, is Habersham County. That's, I always call Habersham the motherland cause that's where the Chipwoods, uh, originated from. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's North Georgia. It's not mountains really yet. I mean, it kind of is, but it's more, you know, rolling Hills with some beautiful, beautiful scenes of the mountains. We have some good friends that have some property up above Clarksville and it is just shout out to the Llewellyns. They got, they have a little beef um cattle farm up there but man just incredible beautiful rolling hills and good people man we did the chitwood reunion up in cornelia every year growing up and just you know kind of feel like i know people just you know just through that going up there once a year but um you know sometimes it's about the people too so i definitely feel good about good about the folks up in habersham so i like that pick um I've got some buddies from up there as well, um, Underwoods, Rogers, and uh, it is a special place. You can catch a trout. You can. Uh, there's a lot to do around there if you're outdoors, just savvy. And uh, I'll stick with that North Georgia theme. Um, how about um, Gainesville? I mean, for a lot of the reasons you named about Woodstock, I feel like they're on the right side of Lanier as far as Lanier. It's not as busy. That that re that finger that sticks up towards Flower Branch and uh, Gainesville, and so. Um, I just like, I like what's happening downtown there. Um, I like the terrain. I like North Georgia. And uh, I think the reason I love North, North Georgia is just the, the very distinct seasons that you experience in Derek growing up in Franklin County. Um, and, and Augusta, I mean, no disrespect to Augusta. I love Augusta too. That would, that would likely make the list if it didn't apply under our prerequisites. But there's a lot of pine trees over in Augusta. It's, it's, it's all pines. And when you get in more in this Piedmont region, you experience a lot of the color in the fall. It's very distinct um, seasons. So I think experiencing that North Georgia, that taste, and also um, just the convenience of it, you've got to get to Atlanta, which we don't, none of us spend a ton of time in Atlanta, but uh, it's, it's easy to zip over there when you need to. But Gainesville, for me, for a lot of the reasons you name about Woodstock, to me, it's convenience and, uh, and also just North Georgia. So. Also, Augusta is a different kind of hot. Like that place gets hot, hot. Um, and but it's above, it's above the net line. I think. It's got to be. Uh, well, some people might chime in from Augusta and say it's not, but I, I think it is. It it's, is. It's, it's right on the Gator and Cottonmouth line. I do know that because oh, yeah. you know that from Duck Hunt. Shout out Brickyard. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Lost my train of thought. All right. Where we at? Gainesville. That was my pick. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take it back down south once again. Um, I got a couple of buddies that live down in this area, St. Mary's, uh, Georgia. It's on the coast. Uh, that place is great. One of my buddies, he he runs a fishing charter, 
And so maybe that's a lot of the reason I like it is because he takes me fishing when I go see him. But uh, it's it's in a great spot. Um, it's right there by Cumberland Island. Derek, have you ever been to Cumberland? I have, yeah. Went one time. Um, awesome. It's unbelievable. It's just beautiful. You go out there, you can literally go by boat, park on the beach, see all the wild horses, see the Cumberland Castle. And then, um, I mean, from where – where the dock is that we take out from it's like 15 minutes and you're in front downtown Fernandina beach florida that's right so yeah. epic fishing down there just um really good spot and then also the downtown area of st mary's they've done a lot like it is charming it is it's, it's like being in savannah but without the size of savannah or charleston like it's just a beautiful uh low country southern coastal town Great food, great um, great bar scene. So I, I would put St. Mary's on my list. Cool. Yeah, beautiful. Love that. And I like that you mentioned Cumberland too, man. Cumberland's awesome. Yeah. Uh, my, my wife wishes uh, Fernandina and Amelia Island were in, in Georgia, um, or she wishes we could live there, and it would be great if it was a part of the state of Georgia. We'll definitely use that on this list, but that's our favorite place to go to. But um, So next for me would be, and I, I know this is a very – um polarizing place but i love macon georgia i know that there's there's definitely a side of macon that you know you wouldn't want to raise your family in but um there's man there's just some cool kind of culture and vibes with the whole music um history there a lot of old cool architecture and then some cool little pockets to live but i've always liked making and you're not too far away from you know some good agriculture and some you know farmland and get out there to dickie's peach peach orchard and all that so um yeah, I always like making a lot. So that's a, that's a sneaky pick. You've got a lot of growth down south of making too. I mean, that Warner Robins area and Perry. I mean, from Valdosta up and connecting to making, it's just blown up. Um, Georgia as a whole is growing, but that area in particular sticks out as a, a new new area. Um, I ran this list by Molly, and she threw one out there that I wasn't thinking about that that makes my list. Uh, how about Clayton, Georgia, um, which. She, she said Lake Raven, and I was like, I don't know if we can afford to live on Lake Earth. But my dad's got a good story about some real estate opportunities he had growing up that, you know, Oconee and Raven that when, when land was nothing. It was like, but money makes money. We all know you've got to have a lot of it to be able to spend. You've got to have that capital to be able to invest and to be able to. Um, and so all that to say is uh, you can easily look back and say, I should have, should have, should have, would have, could have. Um, but nobody's just got that extra capital lying around to just, buy up a bunch of coastline of uh, Lake Oconee and Lake Raven. But at the time, um, let's say 30, well, even more than that, probably uh, 30 years ago, um, dirt was very available around those areas. But I do think that's, man, that's beautiful country up there. And uh, I guess Clayton's just become that, whether it's antique, uh, you know, market feel. Uh, the downtown's got a lot of cool places to eat, shop do the whole downtown thing so that sticks out yeah and they and they and they play some good high school football up there now too which yeah never thought i was never thought i would say that but oh yeah charlie warner and that crew Mm -hmm. all right where are we yeah i uh i had a list but as we're getting to talk i'm gonna knock at least one of the towns off my list so uh no offense to that town we'll leave that town um unmentioned but the more we're talking, uh, Monroe. Monroe is a really cool spot. That downtown, it's historic. Um, 
you know, I, I've, back in my banking days, I had some connections in Monroe and did some business up there. It's a lot of just really good people. Again, it kind of has the same vibes that you would get in probably um, Greensboro. Uh, you know, just good old, relatively North Georgia, uh, Southern town. Uh, I think Monroe's a hidden gem. It's yeah. not hidden anymore. That's the thing. Yeah, that, was, yeah. that almost made my list, but I, I, I'll, I'll tell you the other town that did, but they're, they're similar. But anywhere that's got an interstate running close by, whether well, it's yeah. Jefferson 85 or you know Monroe and, and Madison, the I-20 coming right through there, sending Atlanta, people are getting out of the city a lot and going into the city for two two days a week or three days a week if they have to. But yeah. same reason why you're situated very good for growth in Greensboro. But uh, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people too. Monroe is just... That's it's a hub of Athens in a lot of ways. I mean, it, you if you're a big UGA person and you love downtown Athens and you kind of want to be a little connected to it, you know, places like Monroe, Madison, Oconee, Jefferson, they're all kind of even Greensboro. It's like, you know, depending on where you're moving from, you you feel like you're you're kind of in the Athens area at that point. So um, that's another little perk about it. So yeah. Um, so next for me, this is kind of cheating a little bit, but. Um, and I didn't want to say too much when you were talking about Thomasville, but just Southwest Georgia in general mm-hmm. is probably my favorite part of the state. And um, there's just a little different way of life in Southwest Georgia. There's a lot of there's a lot of agriculture, but there's also it's just you know there's a lot of class in that area and those areas. And the towns are it's kind of you know I don't know it's, I don't know if I can fully explain it, but it's like all these towns, a lot of these towns in these counties that I like a lot, you know, Moultrie, your Bainbridge, your Thomasville, your uh, Americus, it's like they're self-sustaining towns, you know, they, they, they're not like, I don't know, they, they have strong communities that kind of keep them afloat, but they kind of support, you know, they're able to support themselves and uh, standing alone. Um, but I just love the, I love the big sunsets, man, big sky. I love the pecan and, peanut farming and all that that goes on down there and it's just it's untouched in a lot of ways i love it man it's beautiful it is you talk about those big sunsets it, it, it's what i picture uh haven't been uh to west texas but just something you might as well be in west texas if you're driving down there sometimes i uh, i get a chance to go deer hunt down there with the buddy will thompson each uh each and every year and that's something we look forward to um every year and uh, we're in Blakely right now. Right yeah. There in Blakely. And um, I know what you mean. It's it's definitely a different area. But you mentioned Macon, too. I mean, it, it, you're not far. Well, it's still a haul. But, um, yeah, those those South Georgia towns, you mentioned Moultrie, Bainbridge, uh, there's a lot, to, a lot to offer. And I know what you mean about being the hard, uh, you know, high school football, that that truly uh, just good, um, good people. And just um, you're, you're the – You've got one county high school, maybe two. That's that's real traditional rival. It's almost like Friday Night Lights. And that's one thing I do love about Oconee is the school spirit. Um, I feel like Abby's experienced that already um, with uh, North Oconee, which we're zoned for Oconee. That's a whole other discussion for another day. But they're experiencing good football, good good high school um, school spirit because they all feed into one. High school, all the all the elementary schools feed into one particular high school. So you're easy, you know, when you have a prep rally where you have school spirit days, there's something to be said about that. And in a county where you're the the, the main school in that county, there, I mean, Franklin County, that's a good example of how uh, that's that's part of the reason we love our state. And, and uh, while all these counties have so much to offer, um, 
even the ones that are a little less traveled, like like Southwest Georgia. I'm so glad that 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 uh, you're going to have a hopefully I hope you know where you're going with with uh, Northwest Georgia. Hopefully, but um, I'll throw one out there. You mentioned uh, Monroe, Madison, Morgan County's pretty pretty sweet. Um, Brooks Pennington has been able to show me around um, some really pretty areas through that region. Um, and uh, that's awesome. And it's a little bit, it's almost like I'm cheating because it's not far from where I live now. But I love, I love a small town. I mean, just, I guess, back to our Thomasville roots. Um, and in Watkinsville, I, I feel that, I feel that small town. And you can sit that happens when you need to. I work happens, which is, it takes me 12 minutes to get to work. <laughs> it still feels like a small town. And I love that. And I love Madison. And uh, I feel like it's growing like crazy. But to me, that's a that's that's a great place to be right there in Madison and Monroe yeah. for the same reasons. But Madison to me has the has the has the edge. Yeah, yeah. I'll um, I'll close mine out um, with Rome, Georgia. Love um, Rome. I mean, Love. it's a great spot. I, I was lucky enough, and I think it was 2008. I was in college, and I actually worked at uh, windshake camps for a summer, and that's on the campus of Barry College. And that's like the big reason that that's on my list is just if you haven't been to Barry College, I would encourage you to go and just explore the campus. I mean, it is unbelievable. It I think it is it the largest campus. I was about to say, I think it's yeah. It, 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 but I mean, it's literally it has its own mountain. It's a mountain like the deer run around like dogs. <laughs> It's just a beautiful area. Um, really enjoyed being in Rome during that summer. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I thought about putting Rome on the list. I love Rome. You know, it's one of those places, too, where it's like, it's almost like Columbus making Augusta, where it's almost that level of, like, history, too, where it was, you know, back in the day, it was, you could see the the wealth and, you know, the economy that was there back in, you know, the antebellum in late 1800s, because that downtown is big and and pretty but um yeah i like i like rome a lot too uh thought about putting that on my list but uh my last choice is savannah i love savannah um i'm kind of one of these i've kind of got like a point of georgia pride with savannah where i'm almost almost tell people you know that i think it's a better town than charleston i mean i really think that savannah the bones of it the walkability the architecture yeah it's just and the live oaks it's just an incredible town and um you know, Carabeth and I always try to stop in so many good restaurants, you know, SCAD University has done so many good things to that downtown. And, uh, I think it's just going to continue to, to get better and better, but, um, and there's a little place kind of right near there called Isle of Hope, which I kind of consider Savannah as well. Um, it just looks like something out of a Nicholas Sparks movie, but, um, if you've ever, if you ever get a chance to drive through Isle of Hope, there's just one little road that kind of runs right along the, I don't know if it's the marsh or whatever it is, but you just feel like you're, you know, in Hollywood or something. It's just an incredible, beautiful, quaint little area. Um, and um, my wife, she wants to live at the coast one day. I don't know if that'll ever happen, but, um, you know, I always kind of think about that too when I'm thinking about where I would like to live. So, yeah, man, that's a really good take. I had St. Simons. Uh, I know that's already made the list and it's blown up. I mean, I grew up going to St. Simons and, um, the summer is, it can get a little bit too busy, but a lot of good memories. I mean, Georgia, Florida, obviously going down there to uh, the world's largest outdoor, outdoor cocktail party, but 
St. Simons and some of the other months that aren't the heavy tourist months, I feel like that would be really cool um, to have a place over there. Um, we mentioned it, talk about Nats. I mean, good Lord. Um, all, several of these places are, are definitely Nat, Nat heavy, but I, I could get over to that and um, have a Jeep down in St. Simons and, and just uh, that salt air, man. You talk about living on the coast and the low country in general. We go to the Carolina beaches for my least folks. And, we, we, we had that debate, people that go to, thir- you know, the 30A area, you know, they blow it out of the water and say, you know, why would you go to the Carolina beaches once you've been to 30A? It's a totally different feel. Mm-hmm. Um, the beaches, obviously, the, the, the white sand beaches, you can't beat. Um, but there's a lot of cool culture um, in the low country, Carolinas, and, and obviously Georgia that we've hit on. But, man, this was a cool discussion. And, Derek, we obviously value your opinion. I, I hope we get some comments about, you know, I've got – bunch of buddies loving Columbus and you know, you can, you, you can make an argument for several other places. I mean, yeah. Then, you know, I growing up in Augusta, Augusta's got a lot to offer too. Um, so there's, there's obviously going to be some uh, contention, but I think that's a good thing. I think that's why we live in a great state. And, and I love that there's different pockets and a lot of our discussion covered each region of the state. And we're obviously partial because we live kind of in this, this region too. And a lot of them were a little low hanging fruit to pick. But uh, I love that, you know, the Rome, the, the, the Southwest Georgia discussion. Um, I love that. And uh, we love Georgia. And uh, you guys really promoted that with your brand. And I think they're just, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, but I just really respect how you guys have built your, your brand and how you uh, have let, let your, your, the business uh, just be an overflow of your personal, personal life. Um, I really admire that from a leadership standpoint and how you guys have built your brand, but also promoted the state. And really, I mean, it's really true to how you started and your vision for the brand, because I feel like people have responded to that well of, uh, Hey, if you're from Washington, man, there's a lot of pride there. You know, there's people are proud where they come from. And there's every County in Georgia has got something to offer. And that's what makes it such a diverse and unique state. You think, for, think about, um, how each the Piedmont, the coastal plain, the North Georgia mountains are they're very different. And I think that's what's unique about Georgia is such variety in uh, the land. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I, we just want to encourage our listeners to get out there and experience some of these places and um, buy some Peach State Pride while you're at it. Absolutely. But, uh, man, just thanks so much for coming on here. And I just really enjoyed it. Really admire you and Carrie Beth. And y'all's marriage, the way you're leading your family and the way you're balancing, um, you know, love and serving them, but also um, having a successful business. Um, I really admire that. And it's been cool to see that, see that over the years, but also be a part of that. feel like you've done a good job of including your friends, including people into that, that mission and that um, opportunity of building your brand. We feel like we've got some, if there was stock in it, I, I bought stock a long time ago and I feel like it. I'm st- I would still invest because you guys are still um, going to do great things and we're excited to watch that. And we're excited to hit up all those uh, warehouse sales that you guys have, are offering. So appreciate you, man. Any closing thoughts, any, anything you wanted to. Um, no, man, thank you so much. Enjoyed it. I love just getting to sit and chat a little bit and, um, you know, hopefully, you know, people that are watching that don't, they don't know, you know, Peach State Pride or know who I am, uh, which I'm sure there'll be some plenty, plenty of people out there. But, um, you know, like you said, I mean, we do, we, we kind of just 
try to run our business the way, um, you know, we feel like God wants us to do it. And each and every day we, um, we pray about that and we, um, you know, we support each other in that way. And we, we try to uphold the values of, of, um, you know, that we, we stand for and in our business and, um, try not to get lost in all the different things of this world can throw at you, um, and entice you with, you know, we just try to try to, um, you know, be the way that God, God wants us to be with it. So thankful for the opportunity to, to just chat a little bit, really love you guys, love y'all's families. And, um, appreciate the opportunity we didn't talk about georgia barbecue so at some point yeah we, we need to do those rankings and we value your opinion and uh i will say just one thought on that before we get into that session guys that's a whole nother podcast we'll have to have save some room for later but i will say like coming from augusta there's a lot of that carolina i mean there's a lot of pride up in that region yeah for the barbecue the cookouts and stuff that they've got um but we'll, we'll use that as a teaser for for next time yeah, yeah next yeah. time we get you on we'll uh We'll do a little barbecue tournament. We'll have a live taste. Taste yeah. We'll have it in person. It's all about the sauce. You know this. I mean, it's it's that's where places separate themselves as yeah. the sauce. Yeah. And so, uh, and I love the debate between hickory base or you know whether it's vinegar mustard. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's cool debate. I mean I don't discriminate against any of those. I try Georgia's, Georgia's like a crossroads of a lot of different styles of barbecue. You know, it's, there's there's a lot to debate there. So, yeah. Scotty Scheffler came out with his master's meal, you know, his, his master's menu um, recently, and I think it was steak and um, some different things. We'll have to maybe we can share that on. Are you going to be at that dinner? I'm planning on going. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, He's we'll got go. black and red fish barbecue. I mean, dude, just he has that obviously hasn't happened yet, but he hit a freaking home run on yeah. that menu. It'd be hard to turn down a like a you know ribeye, but I mean, I've always thought about, you know, that's an interesting discussion. Maybe that'll be one of our top fives, you know, moving forward. But a barbecue, kind of a taste of not just Georgia, but maybe you've got some Memphis, maybe you've got some Kansas City, maybe you've got some Texas brisket sprinkled in there, and you kind of had a taste, like your menu looked like a taste of the South um, and kind of pulled from Carolina, pulled from some of Georgia. You know, and stew, like Brunswick stew versus hash. Like a lot of those Carolina places serve hash. That is one knock against Carolina, in my opinion, I'll eat some hash, but I mean, the stew is where it's at. Oh yeah. Um, I'm so a rice and hash guy. Yeah. I mean, this is what you grew up on, but um, they put like cornflakes and all the leftover stuff in there. You know, it's just, it seems like just filler, you know, so you get full on that. And, you know, I don't know. I'd rather have more barbecue. I'd rather have a little bit of the stew. Potato chips and sweet tea. Anyways, that's making me hungry. But uh, man, thanks so much, Derek. We'll chat with you later. And I uh, appreciate you, man. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. What's up, y'all? We really appreciate you all tuning in this week. I hope you enjoyed the content and the conversation that we had with Derek Chitwood of Peach State Pride and Empire South. Uh, We got another good one coming for you next week. So y'all tune into that. And just remember, you can follow us at Carry the Mat on Instagram. Be sure to like and follow all of our platforms. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks.